Welcome to the Charlotte Mason Poetry Audio Blog, where we strive to share an authentic interpretation of Mason's life work. We thank you for joining us and hope you enjoy the program. Editor's Note by Art Middlecoff In the Armit Museum, one may request to see an overstuffed box containing a collection of handwritten documents penned by Charlotte Mason. Some of the documents are obviously rough drafts, hastily written, and with many corrections. Among these pages are the early drafts for Mason's seventh volume of The Savior of the World, written sometime after 1914. But some of the pages are not at all rough drafts. One set is written in beautiful cursive, inscribed with a fountain pen. These pages are no doubt final drafts ready to be sent to a publisher. The pages are entitled Childhood's Estate and Other Poems by Charlotte Mason. The set includes a preface which calls it a little book. I have examined the pages and held them in my hand. They are not like the very old documents in the archive which show the wear of time. Time has been gentle with this little book. It looks as fresh as the letters Mason wrote in the final few years of her life. When did Mason write this little book? I don't know. I can only guess it was in the last decade of her life, around the time she was working on the seventh poetry volume. Why didn't she send it to the publisher? Perhaps she was waiting for the right moment. Perhaps she did not think a publisher would want to produce it. I can imagine Mason filing these pages away, thinking someday she would find a way to release them to the public. Perhaps in her final days, she resigned herself to the idea that they would never be shared. But God has a way of bringing our hopes and dreams to life. Through a miracle of providence, the careful study of Linda Fern and Antonella Greco, and the miracle of the internet, this little book is now finally published. With joy and delight, I now present, published for the first time, Childhood's Estate by Charlotte Mason. Some beautiful truths are meant to be shared. Childhood's Estate and Other Poems by Charlotte Mason To mothers who doubtless ponder deep things in their hearts, this little book is respectfully inscribed. Preface It appears to the writer that the general tendency of religious thought has been to obscure the light of divine teaching that falls upon the peculiar estate of childhood to depreciate that which Christ has exalted, an error which has a mischievous effect upon education, and also tends to dull the apprehension of grown-up people to certain teachings as to their own condition. The following verses attempt to bring out a point here and there of the luminous teaching without venturing to deal with the subject in a systematic way. The verse form has been adopted for the sake of brevity, and also because it is more apt for the expression of tentative theories of life than premeditated prose. May the writer venture to vindicate this function of verse, which does not affect to be of the nature of poetry. In the Kingdom Came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? That his teaching might be clear upon this great subject, and as though the Lord had foreseen that one of these little ones would be taken to mean something else than a little natural child like any in the streets of Jerusalem, Jesus called a little child unto him, and set him in the midst of them, and said, 
Verily, I say unto you, Except ye be converted and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whoso therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. These little ones which believe in me, whoso shall offend one of these little ones which believed in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck, and that he were drowned in the depths of the sea. Take heed that ye despise not one of these little ones. For I say unto you, that in heaven their angels do always behold the face of my Father which is in heaven. Suffer the little children, and forbid them not to come unto me, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. Offend not, despise not, hinder not. Herein is the whole of education. Unto us a child is born. All his rest is on her arm. She his only shield from harm. She doth his soul meet supply. All his joy is in her eye. Helpless, that is not his care. A burden she is strong to bear. Fragile will not she forfend. Ailing soft her loved shall tend. Jesus, Savior, Son of Man, who camest infant of a span, was Mary thy one mother mild, or art thou ever born a child? My trembling heart doth in one burn, there perchance shall I discern, though the state be all defiled, the tender form of Christ the child. Is there one, a little one, who lieth sweetly as a son, all his meat the Father's grace, all his joy the Father's face? Ruing not his feeble state, fearing not the ills that wait, safe, nor asking why nor how, Jesus then, not I, but thou. Other fearsome inmates there, evil dragons, giant care, hope joyous sees them led in thrall, this little one shall rule them all. Motherhood a grove where birds, so frighted of their joy, they scarce can fly, do sit and sing and sing, laboring and throbbing, to tell out the whole, O mother, is my heart. Now is the joy that my bliss comes to many, for the world is full of mothers. And again, sure I am blessed amongst women. No, not one, not even thou, my mother, comprehendest. Sure heaven were drained, were many cups so filled. Thy joy may run, for I, ere it exceed the measure of thy treasure, thou hast gotten a man from the Lord. Therein the grace, the glory. I put the babe apart and say, A sinful woman I, O Lord, and then kiss reverent the wee hand of him who knows the Father more than I. But not in outer darkness of my babe am I, his mother left, strangely brought in, is it of grace to him? The abounding life of the kingdom breaks in on me, an infinite of love and rest and joy and father's care, while holiness to the Lord is on the brow of every thought that enters. The Cradle 1. I sat by my sleeping babe at the feet, sat low of my boy, much pondering the high-born air he wore, as of native claim on joy. 
Sure not of his father or me was he made thus free of the earth. Were we at large, but the hours confine. Knows he a loftier birth? Great is the mystery, yea, how little, O babe, art thou mine. A halo surrounds and divides thee, living words about thee shine. All faith and hid knowledge thine, my little one, how can it be? When singst thou those perfect praises, the Father, oh, where dost see? Thy guardian waiteth ever on the face of our God for light, a little son, how high thy estate! Thy mother, alas, her plight. 2. I slept. As one bends to waken a harp, so gave voice to my pain the angel in ward. Wherefore troublest? Thy boy's state isn't not all gain. Yea, all my breath is thanksgiving. This heart lives in song for the grace, yet at moments a pang, sure in that envy, comes with the light on his face. To thine angel state twere easy to win fullest thought of the Lord. Faith to us, the town waft of storms, these believe they on me, his word. Say thou, these simple, how search they the mysteries of things unseen? By what wit can they know to trust him, whose name scarce lisp they tween? Nay, mother, thy heart best answers. Is there any in all the wide land so utterly trusts thee and worships, so keepeth him in thy hand? As the babe who not yet calls thee, nor knows any name for his joy? Thus serene in the hand of the king, the simple soul of thy boy. Diffidence As they are wariest, guides who most have met, mischance themselves thy mother slips, may yet show thy feet, daughter, places to eschew. Ah, sweet the mother walk, but perilous, and flowers do cheer the progress hazardous, though heedless pilgrims chance on bitter rue. But thou, my daughter, meekly glad, had taken a man from the Lord, Thy joy hath wholesome pain of diffidence, thy welfare's pledge, for here danger avoids, assurance keeps in fear. Then spread thy soul for heaven as April earth, waiting the full of counsel, nor in vain. Who hath so graced thee to a blessed birth, will not his wisdom waterings restrain? Greatest in the Kingdom Weigh his estate in thine, accustomed he to all sweet courtly usage that obtains where dwells the king. How with thine utmost pains canst thou produce what shall full worthy be? One greatest in the kingdom is with thee, whose being yet discerns the father's face, and thence replenished flows with constant grace. Take fearful heed, lest he despise it be. Order thy goings softly, as before a prince, nor let thee out unmannerly in thy rude moods and irritable. More, beware, lest round him wind of words rave free. Refrain thee, see thy speech be sweet and rare, thy ways considered, and thine aspect fair. Innocence hath no problem. 
For him who thinks his soul a fortress, fed from without at his will, and when he is alone with himself, inviolable, as he, nor helped nor let, doth make or mar himself, so is he innocent, unmade, unmarred, ere habit of false thinking or misdeed hath fitted to his shape. But the poor man, the haunted soul, who has no innermost, but when he comes, lo, sin is sitting there, who hates and yet inclines, and desperate cleaveth to grace to save him from the thing. Is it himself that daunts him, nor hath where to abide, but when of tears and crying brought into the place of peace, where is the king? He, thinking to remain, doth let him out to dwell at ease, all sudden finds himself in outer darkness under other rule. Then painful winneth yet again to where he was before, but not to abide a door that moves and moves yet wins no step. Ah, he, poor man, looks on the face of a little child with awful wonder as on a mystery. The deepest and most gracious God doth keep. Of Offenses Our thoughts are for him, his dear wheel the end our cares pursue. Wherein shall love offend? Offenseless love that duty doth intend. Recall when soul of law convinced did rise for baby trespass to thy startled sight, how, shamed, the wee transgressor sunk his eyes, knowing beyond thy knowledge of the right, and meek neath thy chastisement. Keep him now under the law as then, that, as he grows, one followeth deed in course, the rule he knows his times to interpret, the law compelled be thou nor drop some heedless trespass in his way that, stumbling over, his weak knees shall fail. Offense shall come, but do not betray his soul to sin. Yet, oh, without the pale of love's sweet use, no banishment accord for any sake, else those malignest thy Lord. If you have enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating or a review on iTunes. Thank you for listening to the Charlotte Mason Poetry Audio Blog. We hope you enjoyed the program. 